All right, we're back. We are Addicts in Recovery, uh, AIR. You can find us on iTunes and Instagram and SoundCloud, SoundCloud Spotify, Spotify, podcast app. We're we are moving up in the world. Like elevator music, yeah, it's baby. crazy. Uh, so we're here. We, we got Charlie back again. Kevin is uh, out of town. Living the life. Living the dream, you know? I guess that's the way that it is. But we are here. We're going to talk about acceptance today, huh? The the core of peace, the, the root of serenity, the biggest pain in my ass probably ever. Mm. Um is acceptance man we're gonna let's what what is it how how do we find it how do you cope with it uh because there's so many man there's just so much shit to it step one basically um so charlie what do you what do you think about what do you think about acceptance let's just kick it off so okay my, and we my, got mike here too by my, the fir- way. my first Hello. Boss, I used to always say he said uh he said you know what man you don't have to like it. You just have to fucking accept it, dude. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. Are you telling me that? Are you telling me that uh, acceptance and approval are not the same thing? Absolutely. Man, see, I always thought they were. No, yeah. dude. For the man. longest, for the longest time, especially before I got into recovery, man, it was like, I do not accept this as a thing, and since I don't agree with it, I cannot accept it because this is not the way that I want it to be. And yeah. uh, apparently that's not the that's not the way it goes. Huh? No, oh, it doesn't work like that. I, I, I kind of paralleled the word unconditional love next to acceptance. Wow, that's that's how I see it. Because I feel like if I if I had an unconditional love towards everybody and towards self and towards pretty much like I said anybody, I feel like my level of acceptance becomes like. You know, it becomes bigger in my opinion. I just want you to know that yeah. that sound you just made, no one can see your hands. I know. So I, was trying to, <laughs> I was creating a, a, it was a an aura. aura. It was an aura. aura. Did yeah. you see that? Yeah, yeah, I saw the aura. I physically <laughs> saw the aura manifest. <laughs> I'm, I'm in a self protected, unconditional love uh, acceptance bubble right now. Oh, <laughs> man. Right on. That's my thought. Though. Let me hold some of that bubble, man. So, why, uh, why do. One of the things, I mean, I could just get into all sorts of things. There are so many things. Why, why is acceptance important? Why are we even talking about this today? Oh my God, I think it's the most important thing. Why? Because shit's gonna happen, and when we try to fight up against it, all it does is all we're doing is spinning our wheels. You know, it increases our anxiety, increases our depression, increases all those things that are causing us harm, resentments, right? Um, what do you yeah. mean? We're, what do you mean we're spinning our wheels? Elaborate on that. We can't change it. Lack of control. Damn. You know, so many things in this world we think that we have control over, and it's one of the biggest illusions that we try to engage in. And the reality is, we only have well, we have control over very few things. One of the things we have control over is what's directly in front of us. Like I can control this next action that I'm going to engage in, right? But when I start trying to control you or you or anybody else or my wife or my 10-month-old baby, like, shit's not happening. She's going to cry when she wants to cry. You know what I mean? And I have to accept that. I don't have to like it. God knows it drives me crazy. But if I try to fight it mentally, I'm just playing a game with myself and I'm, I'm driving my, myself crazy. 
I'm spinning my wheels. So last night, my uh, I had my wife and I. We we had some uh, her cousin, her and his wife were over at her house, and we were talking about kind of differences of opinions of uh, of parents and parent behavior and parent acceptance with with their children. And I came up with this like question to them. I just said, "Do you really feel like ever like our parents and parents and parents and grandparents, or whatever?" But like, do you do you think that our parents are ever going to be okay 100% on board of what we're doing. Probably not. And I thought about that and I would, we were like, yeah, you know, because like I thought about it when my dad got in trouble for listening to the Beatles because huh. it was considered, <laughs> you know, it was considered like rough, rough stuff, yeah. you know, Savage. and like my mom was on the drill team and she was wearing little skirts and, you know, but then like it's the whole nother level of like the, their parents stuff and, and like I, I don't know. So I was chatting with them because it's it's like we I have to be at that level of with my own parents of like the acceptance of what and how they see me and be okay with that and say I can't change them. They 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 are going to be who they are, especially now that they're in their you know late sixties, early seventies. I'm not going to change them. And uh, so I don't know. I just I was chatting with with them about it. So it's it's kind of hard with it's it's hard with with me with my own children now thinking am I going to do that as well and in um I don't know it's just I don't know if I'll ever be at that level of acceptance in my parents eyes of what they think or should be or so dude I'm I'm that way today like I can't I cannot fucking stand trap music oh my god it's the absolute worst right and my kids, I'm like, I'm like, you can't listen to that shit in my house. <laughs> and I, I have, <laughs> I have rap music, research based uh, uh, reasoning for doing that. Uh-huh. And I'm like, listen, if you can show me some research that says that it's psychologically okay for you to listen to this, and I'll be okay, I'll be cool with it. But as of now, my research says this, and therefore you can't do it. And there, and and as I'm saying it, my wife's like, you're so fucking old, dude. Like you. You're like, I'm just like my own parents. I know. Prude. It's always going to happen. It's always going to happen. No, we're never going to approve of everything our kids do. And no, our parents are never going to approve of everything that we do. But it's finding that level of acceptance Mm -hmm. where our our level of serenity is directly proportional to our level of acceptance today. It's finding that within ourselves that allows us to have that whoosh, whoosh. Right. (laughs) Now Charlie's doing it. Yeah. (laughs) But it is though, because it, oh it, it creates God. it creates that stronger uh, relationship. Absolutely, you know, and that's like I I was talking with them last night, and like you can tell both of them like they they are with my wife and their and her, their cousin. They like you can they're just bad mouthing, just these funny stories about their parents. Like I can't believe this this this, and and then um, they asked uh, my wife. They said, "How are you close to your you know your mother in law, who's my mom?" And she's like, I feel closer to her a lot of times than I do my own mom. And, like, my mom has a level of acceptance where she was grown up into, you know, a very philosophical, liberal approach where she was raised. And how she treats me, like, my mom is, like, my best friend. I can call her up and ask her stuff almost day to day. And it's it's created that type of bond because it's non-judging, non, you know, she, she loves me no matter what I do. And it creates that type of a such a stronger bond you know yeah. and like and it's like i just 
I want that so bad for my own children to be able to be like that with me. Like they treat me as like a friend, you know, if they fall, I'm there to pick them up. I'm not going to sit there and push them even further down. I'm Just lift them up. accept them for who they are. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. That's hard. Cause a lot of parents don't do that. No, a lot of people in general don't do that. They don't accept, they don't, they don't want to accept the way that um, people are. Cause it, it makes them uncomfortable. It's out of their comfort zone. Yeah. Uh, I have, <laughs> I remember my, uh, when I was eight years old, I got a pair of pajamas that had little ducks on them with Christmas hats. I remember this. I specifically remember this. And I remember my dad, um, would find or found, I was wearing them one day and my dad saw him and he was so terrified of me coming out uh of me ending up being gay that he made me throw them away oh my god damn he made me throw the pants and still to this day i remember even my mom remembers it she was like that was like one of the most traumatic experiences that i've ever witnessed with you um because he couldn't accept the fact or he could just couldn't accept me being me even as like i mean god i was almost a toddler for god's sakes there's <laughs> the level of acceptance that um that some people have is just so small. It just, it is it, just mind boggling. Uh, and because of that, I, I, I wouldn't necessarily say because of that though, but I, I do attribute my dad's lack of acceptance to a large ma- majority of his misery. Hmm. Uh, and he doesn't realize it. Yeah. Right. And most people don't, especially no. people that, that don't acknowledge uh, or that don't they don't I guess realize well they don't realize it because they don't realize it right <laughs> they, um, they don't see their their own self insecurities yeah they know. just don't see it and it's and it's a lot of it's because they're just not trained to see it like especially when you get into recovery you're trained to see that shit yeah. mm-hmm. um, but people who aren't in recovery and who aren't forced to improve their their lives they don't they don't recognize that oh I'm having a struggle a struggle with you know accepting this. Uh, because it's not going to kill them. But in reality, for addicts, that really can't be life or death shit. Like, I need to learn how to accept shit or else I'm going to end up getting high again or I'm going to end up getting drunk again or I'm going to end up, you know, whatever that may be. Yeah, and let me me tell you this. Like, we we don't talk about this enough, but... Every I, I, one of my favorite things I tell everybody is every man or every every person has their vice, right? So when you talk about your dad, even if your dad doesn't struggle with addiction, right? It's um it's like, okay, uh, this is the thing that is preventing me from being this healthy person that I want to be, right? And so on these days where I'm really really healthy, I I don't engage in whatever that activity is, right? And so I decrease that unhealthy activity, and it brings me to this place of peace, right? And then, due to my lack of acceptance for whatever, because my my toddler's wearing the outfit that is going to make him gay one day, right? Yeah. Um, <laughs> it, it it works me up and it triggers me into engaging in whatever that particular vice is, you know. And so it's not even just about uh, well, we have to be extra careful about it because we suffer from addiction. It's that everybody needs to worry about this shit right. because. Everybody can get better at it, right? And everybody's going to be triggered into doing something that's unhealthy if they're not finding the level of peace, right? Right. Yeah, I, I got a funny story. So when I was a younger kid, I grew up in a pretty prominent neighborhood that was very uh, Mormon. 
you know, the, the neighborhood is extremely not Mormon. Utah, right? No, no, <laughs> not in Utah. Especially in Davis County. No, shit. <laughs> but one of my one of my neighbors, uh, he was a. They were a pretty devout uh, Catholic family, and uh, a lot of and he, the guy had a bond. The dad had a bond with my dad because they both liked Harleys. So they, that was like the relationship was like the Harley stuff. So so the guy trusted my dad because he didn't, he moved out you know from California here and he thought that everyone was really weird, which I don't blame him. Yeah. But he. Uh, I remember I was playing basketball with my next door neighbor who was, um, you know, Mormon. We were playing ball and the, the one kid uh, across the street, he was always outside playing basketball as well. And my mom was like, why don't you ever go invite him to come play with you guys? He's just across the street. You guys are all the same age. And I said, mom, he's not Mormon. And my mom was just like, well, let's talk about that. Just because he's not like you that he can't come play with you you know like right. what's what's up with that and like i was only like nine or ten and it's like you're already kind of programmed into the program that thinking oh yeah know? especially at that age growing yeah. up in it so yeah. so i just like remember was like oh okay so i went over across the street and and my mom was like next time you go out there go and invite him i'll i'll, I'll buy you like a candy bar and after you nice. know like, let's good, you, good you job should, mom. You, should, you should do that so i did and the kid was you know cool kid yeah. just normal like all of a nine-year-old kid would be but it was like these small little lessons that you know even at that young of age that you you do shit like that where you're like yeah it's not like us mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> i don't know thanks no. mom <laughs> i think so much of our lack of acceptance comes from fear of being people that are different yeah you know? Oh, anything different. Yeah. It's not just it's not just people that are different. It's fucking anything that's different. Thoughts that are different. Yeah. Fuck. Yeah. Dude, let's talk about this idea that um you know, one of the biggest divides we have is like in the political spectrum right now. And we have people that are like ultra left or ultra right, right? And and just the sheer fact of uh, being so entrenched in that position and refusing to accept the other side's position is like their right to feel that way right it completely uh disallows us from engaging in a like a a decent conversation with somebody a civil conversation with somebody right well it stunts progress because you know what i mean because two people are entrenched or two parties are entrenched in in these thoughts and in these ways and in these and and they're shut off it just it prevents all progress right because absolutely shut down Absolutely. And the further apart we get, the less progressive we end up becoming, right? Yeah. And so what we need is this more centrist uh, stance. Like, listen, this is how I feel. I don't agree with you. I don't I don't have to I don't have to like it, but I accept it, right? I don't agree with you, but I'm I'm willing to sit here and hear you out. I'm willing to accept the fact that it's okay for you to feel that way and believe that way, right? And um and and you know we just got to start as a society. We got to start pushing more towards that than push pulling further away. In my opinion. Yeah. It's more of a bold, it's, you got to be more bold. And mm-hmm. I think a lot of people, it is, it's hard to just to jump in and engage, especially like me when I was in my worst, the worst of my addiction days, I wasn't even honest with myself of being able to like approach anybody of saying like, I clearly have some shit going on with me right now. Can can anybody else see this but myself, you know? Right. And it's it's hard to kind of like let that pride go and be like, you know, I, I I need to talk about this and be able to be a little bit more bold about stuff and um yeah. I don't know. 
No, I love that. Like, like this whole idea. You know, we were talking about this the other day. Is like, uh, ego is um, uh, the acronym for ego is edging God out, right? And we start thinking more about self. We start getting more involved in ego, right? Well, the opposite of ego on the other end of the spectrum. You know, we have humility, right? And so we're never going to be perfect, right? We're always going to be trying. We're always going to have these times where we're like, "Oh, I'm the shit, dude, dude. I, I run this thing, right?" And then there's going to be times where we're at the other end of the spectrum, and we're like, uh, uh, "No, you can do anything you want. I'm a man of peace. Walk all over me." You know what I mean? Like, right. neither one of those are healthy, right? We have to find this balance where we're able to be confident in self and and have self actualization, but we also have to be humble. And, and meek, you know what I mean? And we're going to constantly be on that spectrum somewhere and ebbs and flows and that shit. And, um, and, and yeah, it's a struggle, man. It's a struggle. What do you guys do for yourself when you notice you're either going one way or the other? I mean, do you have, like, a like a snap of the finger reality check? Like, what am I doing? You know, yeah. like, is that what you have? I recognize it. I, dude, in, in recovery, I need to have said this about a million times, my absolute number one favorite aspect of recovery is self-awareness self-awareness like i never had that shit when i was getting high right but now today i'm able to i'm able to like pause step back and be like what are you doing why are you doing that what's going on with you man like and i can do it with pretty good accuracy right and and so it's those moments where i'm like i'm like kind of getting too ego driven or or uh, not, or engaging in people pleasing behaviors and not standing up for myself enough, you know, and and I'm able to like step back and be like, nah, you need to be more assertive, or nah, dude, you need to be a little bit more humble, you know, and actually apply uh, those skills to my life. I like that. Uh, what about you, Zach? I I can easily tell uh, when I'm swinging. Well, I guess it depends on the day. It, it takes me a little bit to live in it first and then I start realizing yeah, what's going on yeah um but I can tell usually just by the the way that I get dysregulated emotionally dysregulated it's got when it when I am accepting the way that life is and I have this this right balance of I'm not working too much I'm not doing too much school I, I everything's kind of I guess an equilibrium mm-hmm. I I can feel that and it manifests in my emotions um, because if I if I push too hard on something, so say for instance, I'm having just this wonderful time with uh, with my school advisors and <laughs> just stupid shit, and I can feel that that when when shit like that when shit out of my control happens, which a lot of it has been happening. I will it will start manifesting in in increased anxiety and in higher stress levels in um, kind of I, I get shorter emotions you know I I, I will be very I, I will be short with people I'll just you know shut a conversation down because I'm not in I'm not I'm not here I'm there I'm wondering at what point in time, this is going to fix or what, what, when is this going to change or how is this going to, and then I end up more in the future than I do in the reality. And then, and it just, it, it shows in my person in general. Um, and I have to, I, I can live in it, man. I'll, I'll live in it. I'll live in it for a little bit until I realize what I'm doing. And then when I pull back is when I can gain that peace of mind again. 
Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I almost will jump. Shit, I'll jump right into it sometimes. Like, I'll wake up first thing in the morning. That's that what happened this morning. I woke up first thing in the morning, and the, the first bit of news I hear is shit that's out of my control. Um, and I had to, I've had to, throughout the day, wind myself back to what do I have control over today? Well, I have control over this podcast. I need to go, you know, make right. sure this podcast happens. I have control over my, you know, what I'm going to eat. I should probably not drink a pot of coffee today because I'm already <laughs> wound up about this shit. And then, um, and then, of course, you come to my house at like 7 o'clock in the morning. The first thing I'm doing is like, dude, help me finish this pot of coffee. Yeah, like, exactly. No, no I, can't. I can't have a goddamn <laughs> pot of coffee. <laughs> this is exactly what happened. Um, but yeah, I uh, I have to, I, I recognize it in the way that I'm feeling. And first, I recognize that my emotions are dysregulated. And then I realize, okay, this is why I'm dysregulated. And that's that aspect of self-awareness. It's, it's hard, though, to kind of like tap into yourself. I, I, my job is problem solving. Like, that's what I do every day. It's like, there's problems that happen on job sites every day. And I'm literally the problem solver the fixer yeah the fixer that's all i do and and uh it's it's hard to like kind of you hear so many angles of people's opinions and we should do this and you're like kind of this balance guy between like the owners and the architects and then your own your own project managers and and everyone's like in this own idea and pride and egos and all sorts of shit gets in the way and it's like and so many times I just seriously just like want to blow up and just be like, everyone just shut the fuck up. You, know? <laughs> you should do that more. I know. I do it all the time. I, I should. Shut up. But like my, my dad's always like, he always, he, and I really do value him a lot because he's done this a lot longer than I have. And he's always like, anytime you write an email and it's from the company, don't ever say I, you know, it's we, yeah, it's we you know, or MGM. Uh, I should probably say that, but my, 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 <laughs> oh, well. it's all right. Um, MGM Grant. MGM Grant. In Las Vegas, yeah. yeah. Um, so he's <laughs> gambling, throwing the dice. But he's always like, just, you know, you got to take yourself out of it. And I'm just like, and it's so hard to like kind of take the higher road. Oh, God, yeah. But when you do it and, and you're okay with that and you're like, okay, I'm, I'm going to do this, but I want to say so much shit right now, but I just can't like... I've written so many emails before I reread it. I read it. I'm just like, dude, he can't do this. He can't yeah. send this out. And it's a, uh, it's it's hard, you know, to be able to take that higher road. And, and at the end, you win. You know, I think you uh, absolutely you definitely yeah. win taking that higher road. So I don't know. So people always um, people always talk about, especially in early recovery, they say you need to learn how to accept shit. How do you accept things? Hmm. How, like. What is what is the process of accepting? Because for the longest time, I people would say, you know, you really need to learn how to accept that. And I was unable to accept it. I was unable to accept things. Uh, You're like, you need to accept this. Yeah, exactly. They're like, <laughs> I think you just need to learn your acceptance. And I'm like, what the fuck is acceptance? Because I don't I don't agree. And so I always thought that was the same thing. So how do you how do you how do you learn to accept shit? Real for me, go um, for it. For me, it's uh, this realization that I have absolutely no control over it, and uh, and that I'm not going to be able to do anything about it. So I I, uh, I just went through this horrific past couple of days, 
And uh, so I'm buying this new house, and I've sold the house that I'm I'm living in. It's been sold to the point where I'm actually I'm renting the house back from the people who bought my house until I can get out of this house. And uh, and so we we were getting we've been working to get this other house. Everything we own is packed up in boxes. Um, I'm living out of boxes, and um, and we have. Uh, four kids, uh, wife is pregnant, and three dogs, big dogs, two cats. Um, we need a house, right? There's, there's no beating around the bush. Like a hotel is not going to work for us. And so, um, and so they tell us two days ago. They said, you know, um, there's a problem. They they're not going to give you the loan anymore for this house. It sucks. Sorry. <laughs> a week before you go in. It was actually like three days before. We could, <laughs> no, it was like, technically it was the, the, the day before we were supposed to close. And so I was like, I was like, well, what do you need to, what, what does this mean? He said, well, I'm working for you. I'm working on it. And um, I'm going to need this information, this information, this information. So I got home and I like put together everything he needs and I send it to him. And I, I said, that's all I can do. That's it. This is a professional. This guy runs the mortgage company. He knows what he's doing. And it is now in his hands and the, the people who issue the FHA loans. It's in their hands and in this dude's uh, hands. And and I have no control over it. And so then somebody else called me and, and they said, well, are we still moving tomorrow? And I said, no, um, it's on hiatus because they denied the loan. And, da, 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 da. and, um, and they said, oh, my God, you must be freaking out. And I was like, nah, I mean, I just don't really have any control over it. So I'm, I'm not, you know. And, it, and people, this happened like a few times. People were like, well, how do you do that? Mm-hmm. How, do you, how do you get to that point where you're not just absolutely losing your shit? And you're like, you could be homeless in the next two days. Like, why are you not freaking out? And I just kept saying the same thing, you know. I, I have no control. I have no control. I have no control. And it really is. It's that. It's so freeing. It's so freeing. Because really, what's it gonna do for me to freak the fuck out? It's gonna do absolutely nothing for me. It's gonna cause me a lot of stress and anxiety, and I'm just not gonna be a happy person. I don't wanna be that guy. It's it's hard though. Like I I had this huge argument with my dad at the office the other day because we were trying. I was telling Zach earlier today that we we're trying to get this building permit pushed through through one of the cities, and he was just like you realize we don't get this. We could be in a lawsuit and this and this. I'm just like thinking like, I'm all, why? I just like point blank asked him. I was all like, why do you, why, why do you care so much? Like, that's not, you're talking like the worst of the worst <laughs> of the worst. Like you're talking like, I'm going to plan a book, a trip right now, but potentially the airplane's going to crash. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, it's like so <laughs> far left <laughs> off of the, you know, just this irrational thinking. And I and I've struggled with that like so long, so many years of that. And it's like, yeah. and and I've had to kind of like mindfully trick myself for a little while. I'd be like, you know, don't worry about it. Grab it up today with work. Go to home and separate work from life and kids and, and enjoy that and just yeah, like separate it. And it's really hard to kind of like current compartmentalize yeah, compartmentalize there you go, Thank there you you. go. your wife would See, be proud i know she'd, she'd be, be very proud of that word yeah. and to to be able to kind of release that and be done with it and okay move on now this part of life right now like i'm now we're doing podcasts it's like it's 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 healthy to be able to you know, separate that stuff and yeah and it's, it's hard 
it really is hard. There's times where I just want to be like my dad at times because he still struggles with it. Like, he's like, I woke up at 4.30 this morning, couldn't go back to sleep, so I've been thinking about this building permit. I'm just like, well, <laughs> sucks for you. Yeah. <laughs> so guess, guess how much sleep I lost last night. <laughs> Zero. Now like, I don't care. Like, I, I care because it's part of the biz, but... I can't. You can't control that. No. Why? Why waste your time? You know that little noodle in your head. Yeah. So, so what's the difference between someone who has? Because I, I, I see that. Um, I see that you can have a sense or a lack of control. You have a feeling of this lack of control, and and that's to one person the lack of control is freeing, but to the other person it's terrifying. Right, it's mm, a good question. What is that? What's that for, for? What do you guys think that separation is? Like, what do you what do you think makes the changes that person's perspective? I still love control. Like, don't get it twisted. I love to be in control. I love it when everything when I'm like controlling everything and everything's going the way that I wanted it to, and then it works out, and I'm like, oh, I was the <laughs> puppet master, and it worked out so well. You know, it's fucking great. Um, but it. So I, I'm, I think I'm both people. I think I'm both, you know, Jekyll and Hyde in this in this scenario. Um, it's just being able to figure out and determine, like, uh, serenity prayer, right? And it's being able to, like, figure out what things I actually can uh, actually have an effect on as opposed to the things that I'm just like, uh, me freaking out or me saying this or me doing that ain't going to do shit to change this scenario. It's going to end up that way regardless of whatever I do, right? Um, so I, I... But in I, the end, you still feel like you're going to be okay. Yeah, so I guess, are you asking, like, how do these people um, who are so afraid of lack of control, how do they find that level of acceptance with, with lack of control? Well, I, so so... There's two, I guess there's kind of two responses to, to the lack of control. Right. There is the one where you have recognized, or I, I, the person has recognized, I don't have control over this situation. There's no use on me freaking out. Right. Okay. Mm-hmm. Because there's no use on me freaking out. Why? Like in comparison to the other person who freaks out, and the reason why they're freaking out is because, oh my god, I'm gonna be homeless, and then I'm gonna have nowhere to go, and then I'm not gonna have this, and then I could cata- they catastrophize it exactly. So, so what separates those two people? Like, what is the factor that separates the person that says, you know what, this might not work out the way that I wanted to, but you know, it'll it'll work out in the end. Okay, so so there's a couple things with that. For starters, like what we can, this is the one that we're using right now which is catastrophizing and what that is is the cognitive distortion and it's just it's a oh it's us telling our mind that it's going to be the absolute worst case scenario and so we fixate on it right but don't that's not the only one we do we as human beings everybody does it we engage in a multitude of cognitive distortions on a daily basis right um and so really ultimately if you're going to go with like cognitive behavioral therapy how do we how do we work around these things that that our mind does is we first have to uh become aware of what we're doing we have to recognize the fact that we're engaging in that particular cognitive distortion so for your dad for example you know oh it's gonna it's the worst thing that's gonna happen and this is gonna happen this is gonna happen and the business is gone right right you know um we have to say and we have to be responsible for doing this 
right? We have to say, I'm engaging in in a cognitive distortion. I'm catastrophizing right now. We have to first recognize that we're doing it. And then we have to trick our minds by uh, reframing that particular distortion. So we would say something like, um, uh, it's, it, that's the worst case scenario. It's more likely to happen this way, you know? And then this is where it gets tricky, right? Because we'll do it that one time and then we will go wash some dishes or some shit and then we'll go back and it's just like, oh, I know it's going to end up and I'm not going to get the permit and then we're, <laughs> you know, and we'll get worked back up into it mm-hmm. again, right? And that's why it's so important. We don't just do it once. We're going to have to do it again. We're going to have to like catch ourselves doing it and say, you know what? This is likely what's going to happen. And then we'll get into it again. And then we get it. We, we, we have to do it. We have to handle it the same way every time. And what helps me the most with that particular situation is this. I use the same mantras, the same phrases every time I try to counter a cognitive distortion that I'm gauging in. So if I'm, you're dead, right? The, uh, the first, I'm going to say, um, I'm going to say it's likely to happen this way. Okay. And so I'm just going to figure out what's authentic to me. And that's going to be my mantra for this particular cognitive distortion that I'm engaging in, in this time. So the next time it happens, I'm going to say, it's likely to happen this way. 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 And that, that way, if I use the exact same verbiage for my internal dialogue every single time, it's going to stick faster, right? And then once it sticks into my brain, it's actually going to change shit in my head, and I'm going to start seeing things through a different lens, and I'm going to have a whole new perspective on things. And that, that shit works. So you think that there's... I just, it seems to me like some people can innately, innately handle acceptance better than others. Absolutely. And I, I'm, I'm just curious on, cause that's a lot of, I mean, that's a lot of cognitive work. I mean, that's a lot of, a lot of therapy that would take to, to uh, self therapy to, to continuously work on changing your mindset. Do you think those people that are just, that in, are inherently good at, at, accepting things do you think it's do you think they have something the other person doesn't have like a higher level of faith absolutely not and i want to go back to the how we started this whole thing when we were talking about your dad and it was like you know my dad you you said something like and i I can't remember how you said it but you said you know i don't know if my dad will ever change well it's i think as a social worker i believe that everybody every human being has uh, the ability to change negative behaviors, unhealthy behaviors. I believe everybody can do it. But it's just like you just said, some things take a lot of work, right? And so when we say, um, uh, can people do it more easily than others? Yeah, I believe it takes less work for some people to do the exact same, make the exact same changes. But nonetheless, we are all, I believe, we are all capable of whatever changes we want to do. And we'll go back to your dad. The question really is, is somebody ready to make that change? Do they want mm-hmm. to make that change? And then they got to ask themselves, is, um, is, like, is this particular behavior having such a negative impact on my life that I'm willing to spend all that work, cognitively speaking, and implement those changes and, and make those changes? And that's really just a question for that person. Yeah, it's I've the way I think about in my own image is me not being okay with myself and knowing the process or not really not knowing the process but be willing to do the process that I need to give do the work to be able to get myself 
out of that funk. You know, that's the reason why I wanted to stop drinking. I was like, I, I want something different. Yeah. And, and I, did I, was I fearful? Yeah. I think anybody that wants to make a, some sort of change or has to have that level of fear of thinking like, what if this does not go the way that I, I can see it going? Or what if I fall on my face? What if something happens? And it's, it, it's not an easy thought, you know, to, to be able to, to roll through. And I think everyone has their own ways of using their own strengths that their own God given strengths that, that, to be able to have that capability and to be able to tap into it. And once they do do it, I think, you know, it, it's a, it could be a positive thing. Like my little sister, she's in school right now, uh, in some PA stuff in California. And she just, she called me up a couple days ago and she's just like, she, she calls me quite a bit. She's just like, man, I'm just struggling. Like I'm, I can't even like focus on, on my school. Like, I'm just like, I can't do this. Like I, I just like, I'm so overloaded. I can't, now I'm focused. Now I'm becoming, you know, my, her, her husband, you know, just like, I noticed like we're kind of arguing and this and that. And, and I was just like, I just was talking to her about it. And I was just like, well, what do you, what have you, what are you doing? What are you doing to, to change this? And she's just like, well, nothing. And I was just like, well, what do you want it? Like, what do you, what do you want out of this? Like, what are you trying to do? What do you want out of this? And she's just like, well, I want to be happy. I want to be, you know, I was just like, well, you think about it now, if you start making these smaller little adjustments, it's, it's not going to happen overnight, but you have to kind of make these little small goals and be able to see where you want to be. And I says in five years from now, you're going to look back at this type of behavior that you have now and you're going to be laughing about it. You're going to be like, why did I waste so much time? I could have been doing so much cooler shit than sitting here just like kind of pouting around you know, pissed off about like, if I'm going to pass a test or not, like you're never going to think about that anymore. Like I, I don't think about school ever. I graduated 10 years ago. I don't, you know, I remember it was horrible nights of studying and this and that, but I don't, I don't, that doesn't phase me at all. I don't lose sleep over it today mm-hmm. because of it. And, and, but it's, it's hard though when you get yourself so driven into these like funks where you're just like, I can't get out. Like I can't do it. And it's a, you know, it's a, it's a very overwhelming feeling and of having that level of willingness of saying, you know, I, I, I want to make a change and this isn't going to be easy, but let's just start hacking at the, you know, the, the tree with the hatchet and let's see how many wax it takes to get this thing down. You know, I don't know. It's, mm. it's hard. I think there's also a big, uh, a big emotional aspect to it as well. There are a lot of things in this world that I would that you I could get upset about or I could get to a point where I like I don't accept it um somebody ass ended my car uh in a parking lot somewhere like because I have this huge gash in my bumper right now and I know right and I uh it happened, and I, I, I mean, I walked out to my car, I think it was yesterday morning, and I looked at it, and I I had this thought go through my head. I'm going to shoot somebody. I'm going I'm <laughs> to yeah. run some over. I, 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 no, this thought went through my head. I was like, I could either, I could either react to this and, and get irritated and upset about it, or, you know what, I can just call it as it is and what it is is I got hit or somebody rear-ended me and you know hit and run it's gone it's done I can't do anything about it I mean 
I'm not, it's not like I'm going to file some insurance claim on it because God knows how much that'll cost me. Yeah, your deductible. Uh, yeah, so it's not, not even worth it, right? So why, why stress about it? But that's also because I'm not emotionally involved in that car. I haven't put, shit, I bought that car for like 1500 bucks. Like, yeah, it was really cheap. Mm. Uh, but I, I'm not emotionally invested in it. But if something happens that I'm emotionally invested in, like this, this trip to Europe that I've got going on, and somebody shoots this, you know, fucking roadblock in my way, then I'm immediately it, I, that emotional investment just makes it so much harder to accept what is happening. Mm. It makes it so much more difficult, um, and. and because I it's I've I've put all this energy into it. I put all this effort into it and I've done this and I've done that and I you know, I've jumped through this hoop and I've jumped through that hoop. And to but in reality, all of those things that I've done and all of the things that have lined up are still out of my control. It's right. still out of my control. The fact of the matter is everything in life could be going perfect right now, but at any point in time, who knows, there could be an asteroid that hits the planet and we all die. Or, you know, my car just explodes or whatever else it may be. I'm really not in control of as much as I think that I am. Um, and when I get emotionally invested in shit, I just, I, 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 I mean, sometimes I'll just like lose my fucking mind on it and I have to rewind and, and, and tell myself I'm not in control. Even if it was going the way that I wanted it to go, I'm still not in control of that shit. So why do I need to be worked up about it now? Why do I need to, why am I applying this effort? Why am I emotionally dysregulating myself? Do I need to just dysregulate myself? And then I think it comes into, uh, a lot of it does come into that serenity prayer. Um, but I've really, I've shortened it to, uh, God grant me the serenity that acceptance brings. Hmm. It's just, it's what it is. Grant me the serenity that acceptance brings. And what, and that's where my serenity lies is in acceptance. But God damn, that's fleeting shit sometimes yeah. this is really hard especially when you get emotionally involved okay so there's a couple of things that I heard with that and and one thing is that I want to it, it, we haven't done this yet and we ha- we need to do this now we gotta separate the idea of this uh, let go and let God right and um, and which is this idea that I'm just gonna let it go and everything's gonna be okay right but then there's also this this other side of the coin that says, you know, uh, it's good to accept reality, but sometimes we're going to have to do a couple of things. We're going to have to do our due diligence to, to, you know, get the ball rolling, you know, to get to the next step. And I get, I see so many people, they're like, well, you know, I'm just going to let it go and I'm just going to accept it, you know, and I'm not, and then they don't, they don't, they don't do their part. They don't do the due diligence. Right. And they end up staying stuck. Right. right. And that drives me absolutely crazy. I, I just want to be real clear. That's not like a healthy level of acceptance. Right. That's given up. That's fucking given up, you know. And so we always got to differentiate that. And so I, the when I hear you say what you just said, what what works for me and what I figured out a long time ago and I just apply this consistently in my life is this like, um, what I have control over right now is that next thing that I have to do. And I'm going to do it the best I can, and I'm going to hope for the best possible outcomes, right? And so um, uh, we'll take your example with the, with the thing with the school. Uh, 
So I get these emails and all these things are, are happening and it's like, you know, this might not happen because of this and, and this. Well, I know that if I uh, go to this meeting with the advisor in the next morning, like that's the next thing that I'm going to do. I have nothing else to do until that, right? And so what I do, as soon as I see that, I say, okay, well, that's the next thing. And I'm not even going to think about it till then. I'm done. I'm over it. I have no control until that. Okay, so then I go to the meeting with the advisor, right? And the advisor says, okay, these are our options. And you need to tell me how to proceed, how we're going to proceed. And so I say, okay, um, I'm in this, I'm in this, um, these are my options. And I'm going to go with, uh, we got option A, B, or C. I'm going to go with option B. And so at that point, now I have another step. I have another goal, this little incremental goal that I'm now going to go on. And I'll be damned. I'm going to be the, I'm going to do that the best I possibly can. And I'm not going to focus on, um, you know, I'm not going to catastrophize. I'm not going to uh, get all worked up about it because I have a goal. I have the next step, right? And I, I swear to God, like, it sounds so simple, but if we can just break our lives down, which is what I do, like right now I have, um, I have like two things that are major going on right now, you know, and that and work and, and a family and shit like that, which are kind of like tangent <laughs> things. But, um, but, you know, I have but these ongoing. two... Yeah, I have these two things that I'm like hyper focused on that uh, right now in life, and and those are the things that are directly in front of me. You know, those are the things that I'm making, I'm I'm putting a lot of energy into until, and then those are going to get done. And then as soon as those get done, I've already got the next thing figured out, right? And and so and what I'm saying is, we have to do our due diligence to continue to progress in life. We can't get stuck on well, I'm just going to let it go and let go and let God and not worry about it. Um, and, and we can't just give up on shit, right? Because what we do, when we, what, I, what I do whenever I do that is I get stuck in this pattern of, well, I gave up on this other shit and uh, that was easy. You know what I mean? That was the easy way out. And then the next time I try to do something really difficult, I had this mind frame of, well, you can just give up, you know? And so that's an option. Yeah, that's that's a, an, that option. an option. I, mean, I, I don't ever want that to be an option. You know what I mean? I want to give it, I want to go down. The, the, the image that I always hang on to is my, my papa used to have this picture in his, in his, um, in his office. And it was, um, it was a seagull. And it was a seagull and it was a seagull eating a, a frog. And out of the, out of the seagull's beaks, the frog had its two little arms sticking out and it was choking the seagull, you know? Mm-hmm. And the seagull was like, coughing. <laughs> and under the caption it said, don't ever give up, you know? And, like, I carry that around with me. And, like, that, that's what I want to be in everything in life. You know what I mean? If I'm going to go down, if I'm going to fail at something, I'm going to tell you right now, I tried every possible fucking way to not fail. Well, I mean, just look at it just like is like the divorce rate, not to bring marriage into this circle right now, but you look at the divorce rate in the United States, it's very, very you know, high, but then you look at the second rate of divorce, that that statistic's even higher. higher, It's even higher. Yeah. And it's like even higher and higher. And then like the, the rate of the children underneath that, it's like high seeing a divorce and they're like, Doubly high, seeing their parents get multiple mm-hmm. divorces, yeah, you know, yeah. Because it's we like it's, it's an it's option. Okay to do yeah, it. it's like yeah. you know, that's not 
not saying that you know I, I do believe that divorce has its time and place for sure. Yeah, I but, agree. Um, I I don't know. It's and then you look back in like the 40s and the 50s when people were like you don't get a divorce yeah. like you're gonna go to hell and burn in fire and brimstone for the rest of eternity if you get a divorce now granted there were some a lot of unhealthy marriages you know what I mean the divorce rate probably should have been a little bit <laughs> higher statistically at that point in time but nonetheless you can look back at that and say probably a, a good reason why that that was the way it was is because they didn't have that that option to fail yeah. you know what i mean it didn't exist in their minds i got a i got a buddy who's a psychiatrist and he says that they've been like tr- teaching people that are like struggling with their marriages you know to be able to like basically what you said like you try literally everything possible mm-hmm. to make it work because it's the statistics don't help you you know, like the grass isn't greener on the other side. It's never greener. You know, and it's 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 way more problematic after, and it gets worse and worse. And you know, I I definitely like that mindset to you know not give up. I um, I think I think that anyone who, because that's exactly that's exactly what I've been doing this entire school thing is is I get something and then they say oh well you got to do this and so you know I'll do that take the step there is no there is no turning back there is no there is no option of failure um, but I I feel like it's a lot easier said than done to just take something and say okay that's my next step and then leave it at that I, I swear to God you say that you say it's a lot harder to do that I'm telling you it's not. Okay, it's for not. someone who has nine years of recovery and is a trained therapist who has spent a huge majority of his life <laughs> training himself to, to have self-awareness. You throw that card at me a and, lot, and That's okay? because you it's have not it. not fair. But uh, let me tell you, Don't, there are a you lot of people. I know, I know that I can't. I know that because there are times that I can't do it. I'm capable yeah. of it. But there's a lot of people that are li- listening to this podcast right now. They're like, I can't fucking do that. I can't get it off my I mind. I want everybody who's listening to this podcast to hear me say, you can do it. Okay. You can do it. They can do it, but how? It's, it's it, implementation. And I, I think, I don't know if it was like this one or the one we did last week with the change, you know, um, but you said something. We, we got to, uh, we have to accept the fact that change is going to be slow, right? We have to accept that. And, um, dude, I'm dealing with this guy right now. And, he, dude, he is one of the most lovable guys I've ever been able to work with. And, um, and he, you know, chronic relapser and he gets out and he's just like, why are you, why do you keep relapsing, man? And he says, you know, I just, I want all of the, the good in life. Like I want the job and the, and life, you know, and the, and the wife and the kids. And I, I want that. And I want it as soon as I get out, you know, and I'm like, you're not going to get it, man. You're not going to get it. You need to be patient. You need to you need to start small and you need to grow incrementally and you need to accept the fact that um, it's not going to be fast. And once we can accept that and we can say, okay, it's going to be slow. The change is going to be slow, right? Then we become uh, happy with those little small things that we can look back and say, okay, there was a little bit of growth there, a little bit of growth there, a little bit of growth there. And then we can see it. We can see it start to stack up, right? And, um, yeah, man, we just got to accept the fact that it's going to be slow. Yeah. Time. I, and I find that really true. I remember my therapist when I was like, I was like, I am so excited to have one year of sobriety. And he was just like, it's dangerous. 
don't don't talk like that <laughs> you know he was he was like don't talk like that mike and i was all well, what like i do like i want to prove it to you i'm gonna prove it to you i'm gonna get one year sobriety i'm gonna come knock on your door and be like look at me you know mm. he's like this it's unhealthy you can't you can't be like that he's like you'll you'll pass everything else around you and you won't be focusing on the smaller steps that you're what you're actually trying to do like what are you wanting to do and why are you wanting to do this and i was just like oh you know good point you know and and kind of to tie on to your question of of you know how you know it's 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 hard to 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 do that because like i was thinking about when when i was how horrible of a student i was in, in college and like i i remember you know you had that that deadline where you can drop a class i'd be like i'm gonna go to this class i'm gonna try it out i'm gonna take a test if i fail the test fuck i'll just drop the class and it was like this and then, then i started doing it more you know, like I was like, oh, I hate this class. I hate this class. And then eventually, like, I drop was, it. Yeah, just drop, drop it, it all. Just drop it. <laughs> drop it. <laughs> I was like, and then then I was like, you know what? I'm not going to do it that mm. then this next you know the next semester. I and I did. I I stuck with my gun. But you you become when you start doing that more and more bad habits, you just create yourself into the spiral effect. You know, mm. you start seeing yourself go backwards, not forward. Mm-hmm. And it's uh it's rough, man. Like yeah. I, I remember I tried. I was like, I'm not gonna drop a class. Not gonna do it. And I just remember like clicking the mouse. Like, not gonna do it. <laughs> not gonna do it. <laughs> uh, um, so we're running out of time. Uh, oh man, that I, one flew by. I dude. know that one was really good. Yeah. Um, I to to I we should, you know wrap it all up with some final thoughts. I would say my my final thought is on acceptance. Um, that the world's not gonna turn out the way that I think it is. That doesn't mean that I roll over. That doesn't mean that I give up. But it's to the world is not going to play out the way that I think or that I want it to most of the time. And I'm okay with that. And I've got to be okay with that. And that's how that's how I've kind of learned to to find that serenity in life is learning to be okay with the fact that I'm not in charge. So what do you guys got? Look, I got something different. And and this is I want this to be my message to the world. Right. Is that um is that I want to today what I want to work on today what I would challenge everybody out there to work on this with me is to just go to somebody that we completely disagree with on whatever level and just listen to them and do our absolute best to understand where they come from and why they come from and do that without any intention whatsoever to try to get that person to understand us, to try to get that person to conform to our particular ideologies, right? And if we, if I continue to practice this consistently and daily, then I will be that person that I say the world, this country needs to be today, because I really think we struggle as a society. We're coming, becoming much more polarized and it's I I feel like it's largely due to our inability to accept somebody else for who they are or their particular belief systems for for you know being valid you know, and that's what uh, that's my message. That's what I'm gonna leave with. I like that. Zach texted me earlier today, and he goes, he goes, what do you think about we should do a, we should do a podcast on acceptance? And I was like. It was really weird because I was actually I was reading through a bunch of shit because I try try not to do like a lot of social media stuff while I'm like at lunch. I try to like read inspiring things to kind of fill my mind with good shit, not just like some bad stuff, you know, <laughs> annoying, dumb <laughs> stuff. Right. But uh, so it was really weird because I was reading uh, kind of on 
you know, change in self-acceptance and love and some mindful stuff. And I actually had this, this, this is a really good quote that, uh, I, that I was reading earlier today and it says what self-acceptance does is open up more possibilities of succeeding because you aren't fighting yourself along the way. Huh. And, and I've, and I've struggled with that so much where I just like beat myself up and just, you know, and, and, and always worrying about what the other person's thinking of me. And, you know, I take so much advice from people. I'm just like, that was some really good shit, but like, do I really apply it to me? Uh. You know? And I really kind of take the hard slant on, on really digging deep into yourself of your, of, of you. Cause nobody knows you more than you, you know, yourself. Right. And, and being able to, to apply those, those things that help you, you know, be more self acceptance of others and yourself most importantly and finding that kind of that balance with it and I've I've struggled really bad with that and it's been a pretty big eye opener so I thought that's that's why I want to leave it on is find your find yourself and you know I think you'll you'll be all right we went that entire entire time and didn't even talk about self-acceptance which is like something that people struggle with all the yeah. fucking time. We'll do the next one on self-acceptance. Yeah, we'll have to do another if one on self-acceptance. invite me back, man, man. come back. Grammy is the ready the acceptance brings. Yeah. <laughs> all right, well, we are out of time, so we're going to, we are out of here. Um, check us out on, like I said before, check us out on Instagram. Um, on the gram. On the gram, because we got Insta Mike in the house. <laughs> and if you have any questions, comments, feedback, uh, if you want to hear something about a specific topic, uh, throw it up on, or DM him. Uh, DM, not DP. D- okay. Yeah, yeah, I got you. Yeah, we direct message, not dick pics. Okay. Uh, or and double, double penetration. Yeah, or yeah, or yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> uh, All right, guys, we'll catch you next time. <laughs>